Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 283 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's 100th anniversary victory over Northwestern. We also talk about our upcoming game against Purdue. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at HuskerPod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Ruddy with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. Go Big How about that volleyball team? Yeah, they, uh, they're good at that sport. Please tell me you actually watched it. I unfortunately had work. Ugh. So I caught approximately three seconds of it when I was which, leaving which three to seconds? go to work. It was, oh, it was so towards early. the very beginning of the game, yeah. Man, that was awesome. We watched <clears throat> the whole thing. Okay, I need you to explain something to me because I did not watch it. Everybody keeps posting this photograph of a woman on Twitter, and it all has the caption of, This is when I knew. What are they talking about? Was there like a contested oh, call yeah, the, in the game it, or something? We were up 14 to 13 in the fifth fifth set. And, you know, you have to win mm-hmm. first to 15. You have to win by two. And we had just overshot it. And so it was tied 14-14. And then apparently a couple of the players said to Coach Cook, hey, I think the net was shaking and we our team didn't bump it and the ball didn't bump it. We think they hit the net which is a net violation, which would be a point for us. So instead of being 14-14, it would have been 15-13. Okay. And so so Cook challenged it, and so the ref went to review it. And while the ref's reviewing it, they're showing replays in the stadium or in the arena, and we're watching it at home. It's like, oh, my gosh, they touched the net. Where is the point? Sure, yeah. And so then we all realized it. And so then I guess once the ref makes the decision, he come over, comes over and tells the people at like the side, like, to make the change in the official stats or something. Okay. And so that was probably when I was just, I was watching it. I'm like, because I think at that point we all knew like, oh my gosh, we're going to win on this technicality. It's, I mean, it's not a technicality. It's a rule, you know, like fair catch, you know, Oh boy. Oh boy. And, uh, and, uh, and so I was just thinking to her, like watching her face thinking, let's be professional here. <laughs> but I think her eyes did get a little bit wide. Um, cause everybody knew what it meant. So it. then we won the game. Okay. Well, hey, uh, maybe lateral move here since you brought it up. Um, the right call was made at the Iowa game, folks. You can say that, but you would probably also be really mad if it happened to you. Yeah. Well, there's precedent for it. Uh, same thing happened to Wisconsin a few years back. So, I mean, if that's the rule, just because nobody makes that call doesn't mean that that's not the right call to make. Yeah, and then of course the wild thing was that they didn't call it initially. They it was only when they reviewed right, it, and apparently right. that's a reviewable mm-hmm. thing. They went to see if he stepped out of bounds, and we. Uh, so this was the annual week when my college buddies come out, uh, brought the families this time, and um, uh, my two friend, two of them, we were walking through the stadium after the game, just kind of taking our time. Uh, the others had to head back. And we finally were deciding to leave and heading back towards our car, walking through one of the parking lots where people were uh, 
tailgating and you could see Mich- uh, Minnesota holding up Floyd. I was like, oh my gosh, they won. And the guy, Solder Man was like, yeah, but did you see what happened to Iowa? I'm like, no. So he explained it. Uh, and it wasn't for several hours until I actually saw the actual play. But right, man, that's the story, right? right I mean, there. you got you got to feel awful for Iowa. But uh, let me tell you this. Actually, I, I have a, a story that that kind of tracks with kind of tracks with this story. Um, I have a personal experience. On Friday night, I was. Uh, heading to my final show of the season at Vala's. Played my final mm. show out in the Pie Barn. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to get into the left turning lane, but there was a huge line of cars wanting to go straight. So there was plenty of space in the left turn lane. Okay. But in order to get to that lane, I would have had to cross the double lines and drive all the way up on the side, which is mm. technically illegal, right? Technically yeah, so I was about ready to do it, but I noticed a state patrol car about halfway up the line. Oh. So I was starting to like list towards the left, and I just course corrected, got back in line. About a minute later, somebody came up and they blew past everybody on the left. And then when we finally got a green light and everybody was able to turn and everything, uh, state patrol pulled that person over. That could have been oh. me. Right. So just because, well, nobody ever makes that call and that's ridiculous. If it's in the books and you get caught, you really can't complain about it, can you? But for the grace of God, go you. No, that was just me paying attention. And uh, (laughs) I I readily uh, accept that if I were not paying attention, it would have been my own fault and my own stupidity, right? Like, it's one of those things where when it comes to traffic law, sometimes there's a gray area, right? <laughs> but uh, if you get caught, I mean, it's like jaywalking, right? Technically illegal. Everybody does it. If you get caught, I've though. Heard, I've heard they enforce it in Iowa City. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't remember. I think maybe it was like when I was in law school and I was clerking somewhere over the summer and there was someone from... University of Iowa Law School, and she said that they you can get ticketed for jaywalking mm. in Iowa City. Maybe it's like Shocking. a college town thing too, because um, I used to take my students down to a conference every three years. Um, that was at the University of Tennessee, and that was a big thing that they always told people is like, make sure you don't jaywalk because you will get ticketed. So like, there's all these like high school kids that are just terrified of crossing the street the wrong way. Now, what <laughs> if you? Um, never carried your id with you like how would they enforce that how they pin that to you i don't know maybe walk you back to your house like how do they know who you are when they give you a ticket they take your shoes or something until you pay it or (laughs) they they probably take you in and fingerprint you they have a record of it yes officer my name is my (laughs) carvat I'm so sorry. How much can I pay you right now? Oh, man. Now you're bringing me back to the time that I put a fake name down on my ticket that I got at UNO for parking in the wrong place after I was a student. I was like, oh. you guys don't know who I am. Did they? <laughs> oh, they, they didn't know who I was. No, I was fine. Because it, it, was, it was UNO parking enforcement. It wasn't like a cop. It was like, go to the office. I'm like, I don't go to school here. You can't make me. <laughs> 
you're so bad, Mike. Anyway, we should talk about, I mean, yeah, like we're we're really plumbing the depths of Mike's iniquity right here. Um, also, the, the Nebraska soccer team today, Sunday, uh, at least tied for a Big Ten regular season championship. Oh, cool. Did you, did you know that? Did you know they were that good? I had no clue. We have one of, if not the leading scorer in the country, uh, Dale is her last name. I can't think of her first name right now. Yeah, if you had asked me, I would not have told you that I was even aware that the season was this fall. I think, I think it's Eleanor. Yeah, Eleanor Dale. Okay, no, yeah, you're right. Let's talk about football. So, I just want to say, Justin, I called my shot. One Remind down, what... four uh, to go, my man. Four to go? <laughs> We're going to win out now. I changed my mind. We're going to win every game. Five to go? I don't know how many it is. <laughs> Five. We're now Five. four and three. Sure. Yes. Right. Okay. It could happen. I saw, I looked up some uh, advanced, or no, it was S- SP Plus. Uh, what's his name's posting the complete rankings of all uh, Division One, Two, II, and Three teams. So there's 300 plus teams on the list. Oh, wow. And we actually rank higher than the two teams that beat us to start the season, oh. Minnesota and Colorado. And Northwestern is one of the worst teams in Division One, And then Purdue is also pretty bad. Michigan State's not quite as terrible, although after getting beat 42-0, to zero, maybe they are. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, they're, the path is there. Iowa looks real beatable. Um, the question's going to be, at the rate that we're losing key contributors, will we have enough guys to play the game? Yeah. By, by the last game. That's a valid question. That was nuts to see not one but two guys down, like crucial guys. Uh-huh. Um, man, that sucked. And I don't. It's yeah. It's Sunday night. We still don't know how they're doing after the game. Uh, rule said Billy Kemp got to come or stay on the sideline, which is a good sign that he'll be. Maybe okay eventually. But Ethan Piper, like, they had to have – I don't know if they showed it on TV. They had to have football, like, offensive linemen come out to carry him off. Oh, wow. Just like – like, he draped his arms around their shoulders. Okay, like, yeah. Like, I yeah, think yeah. they were at a commercial when that happened on TV. Yeah, they, they – They talked about They motioned how... to the sidelines, and, yeah, they came out, and – so that's not good. Yeah. Also, this is fun. I sat next to Teddy Prochaska's brother. Oh. One of, I don't know. I don't know if he's got multiple brothers or what, but – so that was kind of a fun perspective <laughs> to hear his comments through the game. He was, he was rooting for his brother. <laughs> also, as a quick aside, I'm all over the place. Um, there was some conversation on Twitter this week about during, um, was it, is it March Grandioso? That song? Oh, the song the where people used to sing Bo Pelini over the top yeah, of Yeah, yeah. So somebody was asking on Twitter this week if people still did that well i just so happened to walk down the aisle between where the band normally sits and the student section the band was on the field playing that song and i sang it and one of the marching band uh professors looked up at me and said oh you're old (laughs) but i did see (laughs) excuse me i did see a couple students singing it okay so it's not dead yet a few of us are carrying the torch right for bo pelini Bo Pelini. You know what the funny thing is about that? Hmm. Pelini became coach after we had both graduated from college. That's true. <laughs> Yet we know it, you know? 
So That's there's people true. younger. There's got to be plenty of people younger than us who know it. So the youths. We're not that old. The youths are not that old. I know. I thought it was funny. Yeah. No. That, oh, you're that's old. Good. Yeah. There's probably all kinds of traditions that we're totally unaware of. So things. Well, and things that come and go through the years. Yeah. I I do remember being confused when the student section held up that big banner of DJ Khaled. <laughs> that's when i was like what the I, i'm still a little confused by it I, what on earth <laughs> i couldn't tell you why they picked him do you remember why i don't remember why no you know what i actually i was just thinking about this today about like there's no stupid trend with high school kids right now like i feel like maybe like covid like finally washed that out of our culture's system no because i think it was post covid when the kids were like stealing sinks out of bathrooms and stuff but like there's no dumb tide pod like trend or anything right now that i'm aware of like what are kids doing the last thing i heard is like kids are finally like figuring out that they should leave their phone at home sometimes and just go for a walk that's about like <laughs> Yeah. So like today's youth are finally making like healthy decisions because the the rest of the world is going nuts and they want to make the world better. So good for them. <laughs> good for the kids these days. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, well, uh, man, that game the game started so ugly. Oh yeah. I took. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I took a picture of the scoreboard at one point. I haven't tweeted it yet because I couldn't connect to the internet pretty much the whole time. And then of course it died. <laughs> Did you see that one so, of our friends on Twitter tweeted yes. their charger at you? <laughs> I did see that. And that was, I hadn't even, you know, I hadn't tweeted anything. But yeah, Sarah, I saw it. Um, so with six minutes and four seconds to go in the first quarter, we were down 3-0. And Northwestern had negative nine rushing yards and three passing yards for a net negative six. And we had five rushing yards and negative three passing yards for a net positive two. That's ridiculous ugly but you know what in that first quarter i i'm gonna be honest i i was filled with doubt and trepidation when tristan alvano lined up for that 47 yard field goal that he nailed into the wind into the wind i didn't i didn't believe for a second that he was gonna hit it so good on him and good on for the the coaching staff for having confidence in him because he's making me a believer yeah you know I, I i heard after the game rule was asked something about like how is it that you feel you're you've grown so much as a team and he said well probably because we lost early like the they've struggled and uh have you know embraced the suck so to speak and are coming coming out the other side now and it helps that the big 10 west is terrible but yeah there's growth and we're, we're winning one-score games where well, there's two or three big plays by Northwestern where we – two of them where we ran the guy down yeah, from behind. Yeah. They, were, they were, like, blowing a play wide open. And, you know, it's the kind of play that somebody might be tempted to give up on, but our guys, mm -hmm. they, they went after him for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that was – that's the kind of thing that maybe I don't I don't want to say nobody would have run a guy down last year, but something happened last year and the year before that but we I'm, lost. Yeah, every... I mean it it really made a huge deal because at least one of those big plays ended up being just a field goal from them. So well, like 
I think two of them. Yeah. I don't I, I forget the second one, but I know for sure the first one turned into a field goal instead of potentially a touchdown, right? Right, right, yeah. No, they had the one where um was it Omar, I can't remember his last name, ran him down and then another one in the like on the hash mark and another one where they ran the guy down on like the five yard line and yeah. for both of them we held him to a field goal. So yeah, in a game where you went win by eight, which oh, is yeah. of course a touchdown and an extra or a two point conversion. I mean, every every stop counts because that offense was not moving the ball. That reminds me of at some point early in the game. I think it was six to three at the time. Somebody tweeted out a picture of our score and a couple other teams' scores. And it was it was a bunch of Big Ten West teams, and one one of the games had a touchdown and the rest of them were all field goals and somebody was like, <laughs> that's not very Big Ten West of you. <laughs> that's funny. I think we'll miss the Big Ten West. Dude, I miss Legends and Leaders. Those were the days. I'm kidding, I don't miss Legends and Leaders. I thought that was stupid from the beginning. I thought it was like them just saying like, here's all the old farts and the, the new kids, you know? Like... <laughs> Here's all the old people, all the legacy programs that we, you know, we pat them on the head and say, sure, Grandpa, whatever. You you had your glory days, but the leaders, they're the ones in charge now. Mm. But anyway, so, so what's it going to be next year? It's going to just be like. I I don't, I don't, I don't have they, they might not have said how it's going to be. I would know they. Different districts sh- like in the Hunger Games. They've got our opponents out not necessarily and where what's your home and what's your way not necessarily the dates but i don't know if they have yeah, we don't i know think it might which division it's i think be. It, i don't know if there will be divisions uh, yeah i don't i don't think there will be so what would it be just like the two teams with the best record are going to tee off for the championship yeah i think so what if you have a team that's like ridiculously out ahead of everybody else then they're ridic- i don't understand the question like, if you have a team that's so far out ahead of everybody else, and maybe they've already beaten the second place team, uh huh. Like, are you still gonna have a championship game? Because this like, was Tom Osborne's argument against having a Big Twelve championship game was that yeah. you're just giving a good team another opportunity to lose. Yeah, yeah. When they have like nothing to gain other than not to lose Mm -hmm. whereas you have like an upstart six and six team you know like the year when we were what were we nine and three ten and yeah nine and three and wisconsin got slipped slipped into the conference championship game because ohio state was suspended or you know and then they pounded the crap out of us there were some fun highlights in that game at least that we can all share gifts of still yeah and some gifs too don't bring peanut butter into this not. I'm talking about graphic interface stuff. Justin, I thought you of all people would accept that language is fluid and the culture We've can talked about this. whether or not something is pronounced a certain way. And Just the because the original should, yeah. speaker said it one way doesn't mean that we say it that way anymore, even or even that it's accepted or correct. You and culture fills. <laughs> Oh boy, Did, have you looked at uh, Harburg's stats? Oh, I don't know if I want to. What do you think? What do you think his passing completion rate was? Oh gosh, forty percent. 
I'm looking it up. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it'll have a percentage. What if you had to guess completions versus attempts? Oh, I don't know. Tell me. Eight of seventeen with two interceptions and one touchdown. Eight of seventeen. Well, that's just under fifty percent then, right? For eighty-five total yards. Oh and gosh. More than half of it came on the touchdown pass to Malachi Coleman. Well, Justin, I want to tell you, um, since you didn't have your phone handy for much of the game, uh, I will tell you that plenty of tweets were coming through uh, starting in the third quarter saying, just put Sims in already. So, Tweets from you? No, not from me. Just in general, people were saying, put, put Sims in. And, you know, I, I get... The argument for it, I also get why Rule maybe decided to leave Harburg in. Um, I guess his thought was yeah. like, hey, give this guy a, a hard-fought win where, you know, you got to stick it out. But, like, oof. I wouldn't mind a little back and forth between our quarterbacks, but... The part of the problem is there's just so... There's just nobody left. Mm-hmm. You know, Anthony Grant is about the only game one starter. Was he the starter in yep. the first game? No, yeah, he, he was. I don't know if they, wasn't it oh, wait. Gabe Irvin? Yeah, I mean, you're right. You look at the rushers from from this this week. Emmett Johnson, leading rusher. I think he was the fourth stringer to start the season. Then you yeah. have Henrik Harburg, Heinrich. He was the backup to start the season. Then you have Anthony Grant, who was, I think, the second or third string running back. And then Josh Fleeks, who I don't even know if he was listed <laughs> on the depth chart. <laughs> Those are your running backs, or those are your ball carriers. And you look at receptions, Fedoni, seven targets, three catches, and he had slippery hands. I don't know what his deal was. He needed some stickum from Little Giants because he dropped. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I should say, of those uh, nine incompletions, I'd say four off the top of my head, four or five were in their hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's not all on Heine. Double H. Um, but, look, I mean, look at the guys who had catches after Fedoni. Malachi Coleman, true freshman. Alex Bullock, walk-on, right? Nate Borkacher, walk-on, I think. Jaden Doss, if I paid more attention, I could tell you more about him, but I can't right now. Billy Kemp, um, transfer, and now he's hurt. And Janarian Bonner, I can't. Is, was he the fullback transfer? I don't remember what he is. But, like, I don't even know who these people are. Yeah, yeah. Now, I feel like maybe I should uh, on some of them. And, uh, you know, 2021 Justin or 2020 Justin might. But Just, um, Justin, the Justin who had the 3 by 5 note card and came prepared for the breakdowns of these statistics. The, the Justin past. who had not yet been broken by Scott Frost. <laughs> Or I was about to say the Justin who did not have like a whole slew of children, but <laughs> I mean I don't want to blame the kids too much. It's just there's a lot. No, I'm not blaming the kids. It's just, that's just kind of a reality no, of your life. Yeah, no, there's just a lot, a lot. Priorities shift, you know. Yeah. Well, new. No, I was thinking about this the other day. Did you have children when we started this podcast? Oh yeah, I think we've talked about that. I had we had our oldest. She, okay. We, we, we were driving out to Colorado, and I sat in the back seat next to her, Aww. and we recorded our pilot. Um, That's so, so cute. yeah, but yeah, now we have more. But also, you know, you get I'm closing in on forty, and 
got more responsibilities of working in the community and and the kids are getting older and they do need more you know i thought it was funny justin uh sorry i not to interrupt you but (laughs) i uh i got on reddit for for the first time a couple weeks ago and there was a comment on i had posted our like season preview or whatever and somebody's like this is good but like why don't you guys post episodes more often (laughs) and and i like I explained to him like, "Hey, man, we used to do so much during the off season; it was ridiculous. And uh, we're giving ourselves permission to just enjoy this thing and and have a conversation, um, just like friends do after a game, right?" But I had to laugh about it because this guy he had left that comment like a whole month prior, and I hadn't seen it until. Oh, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's oops, funny. yep, that's how often I'm checking this stuff anymore." But uh, I mean, it also doesn't help that uh my favorite reddit app got essentially destroyed by some changes at reddit this summer so oh, i don't really okay. use reddit that much anymore so wow they uh that's that's too bad yeah reddit uh, I, started I would, doing that thing where they charge for certain number of api requests the API stuff, yeah. yeah so um i would another thing i would point to is um what was it? Oh, that's my train of thought. Uh, oh, I was just also trying to think about what it means to be a, a football fan and trying to pass it on to your kids. And mm. in some ways, when I was really deeply into the details, I think I was more like looking at my phone during the games mm. and also was more upset when we did poorly. So it's it's almost like I care about this enough that I don't I it's maybe counterproductive to my the well being of my family to care <laughs> too much. Yeah, I hear that. I don't know if anybody else has a similar perspective. I'd be curious to hear. Yeah, even as a fan, psychologically, like you got to remember that we're also a couple of dudes who have been podcasting through more losses than wins. I mean, that's just the reality of what we've had to endure as podcast hosts, right? Here's the funny thing. It took me quite a while to remember how the circumstances of last year's Northwestern game. Mm. I don't know if it's because it was in a different country, but people were kept talking about last year's game. I was like, what? What even was it? Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to picture like at uh, Ryan Field or at Memorial Stadium. I just couldn't picture any of the key plays. I was like, what? I mean, the fact that Scott Frost was a coach at the beginning of last season feels like a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels like ancient history. All I remember... It feels like Bo Pelini was a coach more recently than Mike or than uh, Scott, Frost. Scott Frost. The only thing I actually remember from that game was uh, a photo or something went viral where they were like just giving out beer, right? Because like I think their like point oh, of yeah, sale system went out, failed, yeah. And so like so there they just was, gave it all. Away. Yeah, people had this giant stack of cups that they were doing mm-hmm. from like one level in the seating uh-huh. to another. Like so that's that's what I actually remember from that game. Like I think I think there's a good chance that both you and I have actually blocked out that game because there was so much riding on that game there was i mean scott frost's career uh, essentially depended on that game but you know that exactly speaks to what rule how rule is different because he has been adamant and i think we talked about this two weeks ago when we did our last episode 
he has been adamant that it's about one play at a time, one game at a time. And he said, like, the problem with this team in the past is they're too focused on the big picture and what's going to happen. And you have a chance to win the a chance to win the conference. Like, no, just focus on what you're doing in the moment and don't get distracted by what's coming. And um, I think Scott, just especially in his later the last couple of years here at Nebraska, was just I think he was overwhelmed by what by what was kind of becoming inevitable. Yeah. And I don't know. You know, it kind of seems like he quit a little bit. But once I remembered that game, I also remembered that was the only game that Northwestern won last year. So was somebody excited about the opportunity to fire their coach? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe they were. Yeah. Just wild. Man, like, I think I've said this before, but, like, I genuinely would love someday to get, like, an honest interview with scott frost you know like give it 10 20 years just just somebody sit down and have a conversation with him about like tell me what happened you know like yeah because in in the time he was our coach i we knew nothing about the guy compare compare how nebraska like cornhusker fans how they relate to and feel like they know coach rule after he has not even been here for a season yeah compared to what kind of a coach or what kind of a human being scott frost was in his entire tenure at nebraska yeah you know and i guess he kind of like set that expectation very early but still like yeah you think back it feels like rule maybe has this uh combination of traits that our previous coaches have had but not all at once like Mm. uh um, like, uh, maybe Riley had the demeanor, but not the command of his program. And mm. maybe Bo had the intensity, but not the self-control and Callahan had the big picture maybe, but I don't know, not yeah. the ability to have the right coordinators. And so th- this is probably how we sell ourselves on so- what we've got now so rule, rules like he's got the uh infinity gauntlet and he has each of the previous <laughs> coaches stones <laughs> that, that yeah well uh, yeah I, it just does feel like he has this global vision um for which you have to have in this crazy era of college football of semi-pro football mm. we haven't really talked about the game very much well, I mean, what is there to talk about? You want to talk about the third quarter? <laughs> uh, Bushini. What was your favorite so scoring spe- play of the third quarter, Justin? <laughs> Spe- special teams were special today. You know, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. The, they were a plus for us. They weren't a negative. They weren't neutral. They were a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, Bushini was was awesome including his 55 yarder into the wind that flipped mm-hmm. the field he punted seven times for an average of 41 which rule says he doesn't look at averages i think he's right to say that inside the 24 of them so more than half of his punts went uh inside the 20 if you think about the fact that we spent much of the first half on our side of the field um it's kind of hard to punt to the tw- past the 20 when you're behind your own 20 right yeah. so um yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good. And uh, Tristan Alvano hit that 47-yarder into the wind. And um, 
what? Tristan Alvano had three kickoffs with one touchback. Bushini had one kickoff, 59 yards, it looks like. And uh, I don't think they had any amazing returns to speak of. Long snappers are getting it done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, special teams were kind of playing. I hate to say it. It's kind of a. It's what we used to call Beamer Ball, but I with Virginia Tech. But I guess in this day and age, more people associate with Iowa just because of how historically bad their offense is, but pretty good their defense and special teams are. Mm. We're doing that. Yeah, it's working, and it could work for a couple more games because Purdue and Michigan State are both pretty bad, but they're not as bad as Northwestern, and our offense is incredibly hobbled. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it takes to win. The the drops, which I, I think we can say it was drops, is almost as much as bad passes. Mm-hmm. They've got to go away. I mean, when you when you're passing just a few times, because you're mostly a running team and you're actually not having a lot of possessions, like you gotta you gotta catch the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Son. Well, with that in mind, do you wanna do you wanna pivot to Purdue? Have we exhausted the Northwestern? Yeah, let's pivot. I mean, like That's honestly, fine. I was gonna say, I'd, I'd, what? I mean, we could talk about uh, the Malachi Coleman touchdown. Uh, Pretty awesome. We haven't touched on that. No pun intended. Touchdown to that. The touch, touched up the touchdown. The Malachi Coleman. Did you see his <laughs> his little picture he tweeted out? <laughs> uh, I don't know. What was somebody, it? Somebody just photoshopped it so that his eyes looked like they were glowing. <laughs> That was oh, pretty cool. funny. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. It was goofy. Yeah. I'm sure one of his friends sent it to him and he just tweeted it out, but it's great. One reception, 44 yards, one touchdown. That's all it takes. Yep. Did you watch other games? No. Like yes. I said, I had I had to work. So well, I didn't know if maybe you did it earlier in the day. No, earlier in the day I had to run some errands. So yeah. It was the one game I got to watch yesterday. Well, it's the one that counts. Indeed. So Purdue, I didn't. I think we maybe established earlier that in the season that we're playing almost exclusively exclusively against interim or first year coaches the remainder of the season, except for Kirk Ferentz. Uh, Purdue is one of those. You got a first year coach replacing uh, Jeff Brom, who went back to Louisville, where he's from. They are sitting at two and five. Fifth in the Big Ten West. We are, I think, tied first and control our own destiny. That's crazy. Which is awesome. We're at two and two in the conference, and Iowa is three and two. And of course, we play them. And Wisconsin's three and one, and we play them. And Minnesota is two and two as well. So um, we need to probably root for them to lose. Ooh, are we going to do rooting interest? I feel like for nine years, I've wanted to have a rooting interest segment. And we've we can maybe started do it that now. Yeah. once. So, yeah, I don't – we have the two team, two of the three teams ahead of us we play. One of the teams ahead of us we lost to, and so we need to see them lose more. Minnesota, mm-hmm. they need to lose more. But uh, but that's exciting. Now you so, got me curious about who's Minnesota's playing for the rest of the season here. Let's see. You look that up. I'm going to walk through the teams that Purdue has played. Oh, they're playing mm-hmm. Ohio State. Playing, okay, yeah. Playing so. Wisconsin, but then they got Illinois and Purdue and Michigan State. So But I mean if we can <laughs> if we can win out, yeah. seems 
is it's I feel like I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. On one hand, I'm like, we need two more wins to get to a bowl. Can we do it? And on the other hand, I'm like, we could win the contest. <laughs> we could win the division. That's the nature of being a fan, Justin. Both things are true. Okay, so Purdue started out with the season-opening loss to Fresno State, 39-35. They beat Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech, 24-17. I haven't followed Virginia Tech, but I don't know that they're doing well. Then they lost to Syracuse, 35-20. They lost to Wisconsin, 38-17. They beat Illinois 44-19. That was surprising. Mm -hmm. That was surprising then, and it's still kind of surprising as Illinois continues to have some success. I guess they ended up losing to Wisconsin yesterday. Then they lost to Iowa in a close one, 28-14. And then they got pounded by uh, Ohio State 41-7 a week ago. So they're on a bye week right now, which is good for them. (laughs) So, I mean... I don't know. Look yeah, at the way that's... we played coming out from a bye week. <laughs> Felt this like it took true. us an entire, like, 20 minutes to find our bearings, so... Right. Um, their passing leader, Hudson Card, their quarterback, uh, 1,617 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, Devin Maccabee, number 45, is their leading rusher with 478 yards and four touchdowns on 105 carries. And Dion Burks is their leading wide receiver with 27 receptions and five touchdowns for 418 yards. They're tied for 64th in the country uh, with most passing yards with 232. Rush yards, not a big rushing team, 138th. That's 138 yards, rather. It's 91st in the country. They have scored 23 points per game, which is tied for 102nd, and they have allowed 29.9, let's call it 30 points per game, so that's tied for 100. So their average... Score is twenty three to thirty a loss, hmm. um, so this could be a low scoring game again. This is not your Jeff Brom team of of old. Uh, defense is is decent. Are you? Do you have the percentage chance there? Oh yeah, I was looking at it earlier. I can pull it right back up here. Um, I know it's kind of a fifty fifty type thing. Here we go. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, so we are favored to win, my dude. By how much? 52% to 48. So, okay. I All guess right. the statistics are looking at this one as a coin flip. Yeah. Game time weather, 42 degrees. That's chilly. Oh, what what did the coin flip uh predict for this game? Oh, do I still have that within reach? <laughs> I do. I have it stashed and it's good that I always record in the same place. Uh you had it picked as a loss. I had it picked as a win, and the coin flip called it a loss. Oh, the coin! This, well, we already established that the coin. We were actually dumb. at this point in the season, according to the coin, we were undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> undefeated, yeah. and then Purdue was the first loss. We were undefeated, and we only win one more game, according to the coin. I had us going, beating Purdue, losing to Michigan State, losing to Maryland, losing to Wisconsin, beating Iowa. I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. You have us losing to Purdue, beating Michigan State, beating Maryland, losing to Wisconsin, beating Iowa. That could also happen. Yeah. You know? It, Both predictions get us into a bowl, Justin. Oh, I didn't do the math on that. Is that Don't true? they? Me, because we need two more wins. Yeah. I have two more wins, and you have three more wins. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. we got to go to a bowl, Mike. It would be so, like... It would be, it's overdue. It is so overdue. Uh, yeah. I can't believe like that first year under Riley when we got to go to a bowl just under 
on a technicality because mm-hmm. of like the academic performance of the previous mm-hmm. year. Because there were so few eligible teams. Like, yeah. I remember we were like, this is, there were so many fans who were like, this is stupid. We shouldn't have gone. And like, I would so take that right now. Like, like w- without even blinking an eye or batting an eye, I don't know, whatever. Um, I would not think twice about saying, yes, absolutely get us into a bowl game if we didn't otherwise qualify. <laughs> mm. I just feel like the yeah. fan base needs it. We need it. We can earn it. We should earn it. Yeah, it would be very sweet. Let's if go we do could it, earn Mike. It. Yeah, let's go do it. We got to support our boys, our boys in red. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. Let's win the game. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, lots of energy after that volleyball game. It was a great. It's been a great weekend to be a Husker. Nebraska can has back to back wins. We did we win three in a row? No. No, yes. we've won two in a row. Two in a row. We haven't yep. won three in a row for quite a while. Yeah. Well, Justin, before we wrap things up entirely here, um, I mean, I guess the the football discussion um, can come to an end. I hope we win. I believe that we will win. Um, I believe that we I will. I knew you were going to do that the second those words came out of my mouth. Um, but uh, I'm going to ask you this. What's your favorite scary movie? Oh man! Or do you do you like scary movies to begin with? I I'm not a big fan of scary movies, especially okay. as I've had kids and you spend like so much time on like them not getting hurt and like wanting children to feel good about themselves mm-hmm. and like uh well, and pretty squeamish. I like, I, re- I really I enjoy like Get Out. Spooky movies, but I don't like. I don't like violent, gory movies. I'm not I'm like a slasher not, movie guy. Yeah, well, or like the torture porn, like Saw or something. Yeah, like, no, thank nope, you. Never. I mean, I, The Exorcist is cool. Um, do you have a? How do you feel about spiritual versus hacker slasher slasher uh, versus super suspenseful? I think I'm more like just right there in the super suspenseful, or or if yeah. it's like. I don't know if I would call it spiritual, but more like demons and ghouls and goblins. If it's like hokey, like I love a good like eighties B horror movie. I know what your favorite scary movie is. What's that? No, no, it's not Ernest Scared Stupid. No, I mean that. I mean I like Ernest Scared Stupid, but like that's not. I don't really consider that one. Here's the thing: a lot of people our age were like traumatized by that movie i saw it in the theater and i was fine i was set we were seven years old when that movie came out and it didn't bother me but like that's part of the reason that that movie did not do as well is because word of mouth got out among parents that it was too scary for kids so like Hmm. parents didn't want to take their kids to go see that one um Hmm. It's it's interesting because that film actually does have a legacy amongst horror fans. Horror fans actually really love that movie because in terms of like I guess it came out in 91 but it's kind of still in that era of like 80s schlocky horror stuff. Um hmm. it is worth seeing purely for Eartha Kitt's performance in that film. She the way she riffs off with Jim Varney, like it is, you're watching two masters of their comedic craft. Does go uh, so? So I married an axe murderer count oh, as a gross horror movie. That's a terrible movie. Michael Myers, not the horror guy, but the SNL comedian. Yeah. Really? What's so bad about it? 
it was just a rough movie. I didn't like it at all. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, that's a kind good of, one. Yeah, yeah I would count of, that one. Kind of comedy, but yeah. genuine horror. Well, <laughs> I'm just what? scrolling through my letterbox, <laughs> which is, for those who don't know, it's like uh, Goodreads for movies. Back in 2021, I write, I wrote, I watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, wow. I wrote, as an English major, I am both embarrassed that, one, I watched this, and two, I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's my recommendation, Justin. If you get a chance to watch a movie without your kids around, Mm -hmm. which may, you know, I acknowledge it may not I just have to stay up later. Yeah. Um, The Gate. I think it's probably like an 83, 84, 85 movie, somewhere in there, right in the mid-80s. Um just 87 okay 87 it's it is right in the pocket for me in terms of scary movie like three young children accidentally release a horde of nasty pint-sized demons from a hole in a suburban backyard what follows is a classic battle between good and evil as three kids struggle to overcome a nightmarish hell that is literally taking over earth these kids open up a portal to hell in their backyard by playing a heavy metal record backwards (laughs) (laughs) and it sounds ridiculous but it's one of those movies where like it's super hokey but it also takes itself seriously and it's got all kinds of like cool 80s horror effects it's got uh some claymation scenes in it that are really unsettling um yeah it's just it's right in the pocket there's a lot of stuff that actually sequel yeah there's a lot of things that actually stranger things borrows from imagery in in that movie so if you're a fan of stranger things it's worth watching to see some of the things that make it into stranger things from that show so there's my recommendation for trailer while we're talking here i have not seen the sequel so I can't vouch for the sequel. I want to see it at some point, but it's not easily accessible on streaming, and I don't feel like buying the DVD for eighteen dollars from Movie Mars or whatever on Amazon. So, all right, I've got the I've got the uh, the trailer queued up here. So, uh, with that, I think we say go big red, and I'm gonna go watch this thing. Go big red. Go big red. <laughs>